0: Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's podcast. Tiki Barber, intercepted, taken away by Rondé Barber. and Barber, and Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber, Tiki with a career high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's end of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's
1: premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: Intercepted. Ron Day Barber. To the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber.
1: And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com.
0: Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's
1: dominate today.
0: The Barber twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. And then there were eight. Welcome,
1: everyone, to the NFL divisional round of betting with the Barbers powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Cruck joined as always by the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and a Super Bowl champ and the 2022 Modern Era Player Finalist for the NFL Hall of Fame, Ronde Barber. Guys, great to be back with you. Before we move ahead to the next round, let's wrap up last week's truly wild super wild card weekend by handing out some winners and loser awards. <laughs> And there were many players, teams, and coaches to pick from. Tiki, let's go to you first. Give us
2: your winner and loser from Wild Card Weekend. The winner is easy, and you knew I was going here. Daniel Jones, man, he just added about $20 more guaranteed money on his soon-to-be franchise deal after that awesome victory in Minnesota in the Wild Card, 300 yards, 78 on the ground, two touchdown passes as well. He was fantastic exactly when the team needed him to be. The loser is also really easy to me. Mike McDaniel of the Miami Dolphins, what in the hell was he doing? Token on the sideline, having to use timeouts as, a, as, a, as the game was winding down, looking completely unprepared after having so much success all season long? Man, he just took the shine right off of his star up at Buffalo last weekend. Oh, that, yeah. was oh, that was strange. No, it was bizarre. It's like, I can't
3: believe this is happening. And it happened so many, so many times. My winner is also in the NFC East, and that is Dak Prescott. Goes for 305 mm-hmm. yards, four touchdowns. And if you had a kicker, this game was a, a huge, huge blowout for the Cowboys in a game that everybody was, including us, was expecting them to choke on. Uh, and, and they weren't. They were
1: Not everybody. Not everybody fair enough
3: Uh, their defense was dominant but to me it was the way that Dak Prescott played unfazed by the criticism you know he's a great dude we all know that uh, but we all expected some of his issues to show up and be honest with you it never looked like there was a chance he was going to throw the ball the other team so he's my winner the loser it's also pretty easy because If the Baltimore Ravens had gotten things right with Lamar Jackson at some point before he decided he was going to hold out because he got a knee injury, then Lamar Jackson probably would have been starting last week and beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, I know they moved on. They did what they had to do. But they let a backup quarterback almost beat them. I'm almost 100% sure that Lamar Jackson would have actually done so.
1: Good stuff, guys. I'll start with uh, my winner because I'm always Mr. Brightside. That's got to go to San Francisco 49er quarterback and Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. (laughs) I mean, the last pick of the 2022 draft continues to shine. The rookie became just the fourth playoff quarterback over the past 72 years to throw for at least 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And he added a rushing TD as well. Not bad for a dude who started the year off as the third string quarterback. My loser is easily L.A. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. His incompetence goes back to the week of the final week of the season when the brainiac decides to start all of his starters and play him into the second half in a meaningless game against Denver. And what happens? I mean, wide receiver, Mike Williams gets injured and he can't play in the wild card game. I mean, I think they probably could have used him in that. And then as I stated last week, when I predicted the chargers would charger it up and they did, they totally charged it choked away a 27-point lead, uh, allowing the Jaguars to pull off that third-largest comeback in playoff history. Why is he calling 75% passing plays in the second half when you have Eckler at running back? I just don't get it, fellas. Unbelievable. Lots of winners and losers, though. All right, let's get rolling. Final stats for the wild-card weekend. The dogs barked again, guys, going four and two against the spread. Points galore, though, scored as the over hit in five of six games. The only under coming in that Cowboys-Bucks game. uh, And that went under by a half a point. And you can thank the Cowboys kicker for that. Let's focus on the four massive games this week in the NFL divisional round. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars in mid-January? But here we are heading to Kansas City for the first game of the weekend, going down Saturday at 4.30 Eastern. Jacksonville has been on fire, winning six consecutive games, completing that third-largest comeback in postseason history. The Chiefs, securing the number one seed, had the weekend off, but they, too, have been rolling, winning a five in a row and 10 of 11. These two teams, guys, faced off in November. Chiefs earning a 27-17 victory at home. Mahomes threw for 331 yards and four touchdowns. So it's Mahomes versus Lawrence in a coaching battle between Andy Reid and his former O coordinator and fellow Super Bowl winner, Doug Peterson. Let's go. Superbook opening odds had Kansas City as the minus eight and a half point favorite. That point uh, total and spread has uh, stayed steady. Kansas City is still eight and a half Total went up from fifty one and a half to now a fifty three points. Kansas City minus four twenty on the money line, and Jacksonville plus three fifty. ronde we're going to go to you first. How do you see this one playing out, and who are you picking?
3: Well, let's be honest. The Jaguars are in this position because of the biggest choke job in playoffs in in a long time, right? We said it was the third longest, largest comeback, but you also have to give them credit. They're the first team in history to go from DFL. To win a playoff game the next year. That's I mean, it's it's pretty telling what kind of influence their head coaches had and how far along Doug Peterson has brought Trevor Lawrence. The the reality of that game last week, the Chargers led or tied for 60 minutes in zero seconds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't losing until the last zero clicked off the clock. And so give credit to where it's due. He goes for two points and realizes that two point regards he realized there's only two ways to lose. Right. You either kick the field goal to win or you miss the two point conversion and you have to go score a touchdown. But their defense had to get the ball back in their defense. Then I like the way that Jacksonville's playing right now. So that being said, they're going to get beat by the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs <laughs> I mean, it's the number one ranked offense in the world. They'll overpower Jacksonville. And Andy Reid will not make the same dis- the mistakes that Brandon Staley made last week. Yes, they don't have all of their skill positions. You're hoping that Nicole Hardman comes back this game. He's missed nine weeks in a row, but Kadarius Toney has picked up well in his absence. Obviously, we know what their receiving core looks like with Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith. Plus, you add in Jarek McKinnon having a, a, a really a, a breakout kind of year for him late in his career. This game, to me, looks all Chiefs. Their defense can be a little bit different vulnerable. And if you let Jacksonville stay in the game, Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't lost in what, nine games now? Is that what it is? If you let him stand or hasn't lost since week 13, if you let him stay in the game, he'll come back in. But I I think there's just too much Chiefs offense in this one.
2: This is an interesting one for me. I mean, the line is big eight and a half, even though it is at home. I do agree with Rondé that Kansas City wins this game. This will mark five championship games in a row which is the only the wow. third time that that's happened in NFL history, at least since the merger. So congratulations to Chiefs, I want to say. But I do think Jacksonville covers this. Trevor Lawrence had a horrendous first half of his first playoff game. With that being said, he is a star, right? We know it's coming. We know that it's only going to keep evolving. And with the skill position guys that he has around him, particularly Travis Etienne, who I just love as a receiver and as a runner, but also Evan Ingram, Uh, who has reinvented himself in Jacksonville, it's going to be hard, in in my estimation, for the Jaguars not to let this thing become a blowout. I think they have too much offensive firepower for the Kansas City Chiefs to run away from. This isn't the same Kansas City Chiefs team that we've seen over the last few years where they can just throw up 40 uh, and hold everybody uh, below that. They're going to score, but I think so can Jacksonville. I like the Jags getting eight and a half but I do think the Chiefs win this one and go to another championship game. I like it. The guys coming out firing and already
1: disagreeing with our first game. Uh, Rondé going with Kansas City, Tiki going with Jacksonville, and I'm leaning uh, with you on this one, Tiki. Uh, That Jacksonville team that lost to Kansas City, it's not the same team. Back then, they were struggling to score points on offense, and that is not the case anymore. The one issue that scares me is, well, I I guess there are two. The Jacksonville defense doesn't put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and that could be a recipe for disaster against Mahomes. But listen, the Jaguars defense has been playing some great ball of late, including holding the Chargers to three points in the second half. The scary fact uh, is that Andy Reid, 28-5 and coming off a week, including the playoffs. That's incredible, but Kansas City, has only covered six times this season. I think mm-hmm. it's a big line. Somehow Jacksonville will score enough to keep it relatively close. I'm with you, Tiki. Kansas City will win, but Jacksonville will cover. No NFL expert predicted that the NFC East would be the best division in football, but that's exactly what has happened. Compiling a 43-23 and two record, and three teams getting into the playoffs. Now one nfc east team is guaranteed to move on to that nfc championship game because the new york giants are facing their division rival the eagles for a third time guys philly swept the season series this year destroying the giants 48 to 12 in uh, early december rematch was much closer the eagles hung on in the regular season finale uh, beating the giants 22 16 in a game where the giants rested many of their starters daniel jones New York offense tore apart the Vikings last week, giving New York their first playoff win since they beat New England back in the Super Bowl in 2012. Yes, you can celebrate, Tiki. <laughs> <laughs> That's fist bump. The Eagles will be well-rested after the first round bye. There's no doubt Philly is going to be rocking. Eagles, 9-9 nine and nine against the spread this year, and the Giants, after covering against Minnesota, improved their league best record against the spread to 14 and four here we go superbook.com opened this game up as philly as a touchdown favorite that number has moved to seven and a half now the over under opened at 46 and a half and that has climbed to 48 points philly is the minus 360 favorite on the money line and the comeback on the giants plus 300 tk as the former new york giant of course you get the honors Can the
2: Giants hang in with the Eagles, or will Philly sweep New York in three games this season? So I am a humongous Giants supporter, as you know. I am biased as hell. So if you're asking me, take the Giants on the money line. (laughs) Forget the damn spread. It's plus 280 or 85. It's trending towards $300 for the Giants on the money line. But let me explain to you why the Giants are the bet here uh, against the spread. You mentioned the 14 and four uh, out of 18 games that they played this year. It's a league best. They're also eight and one on the road and covering the spread. And the question is why? How are they so consistent? And I've said this many times, I don't know if people listen to it, but they manage possessions like nobody else in the National Football League. In the Miami Dolphins Buffalo Bills game last weekend, do you know how many possessions there were? 31, 31 wow. possessions between the two teams. Do you know how many were in the Giants Minnesota Vikings game? 17 and two of those were end of half, Gosh. kneel down and end of game. So the Giants had nine, the Minnesota Vikings had eight. They don't give you enough opportunities to run away from them, mm. and they're so consistent now that they're getting points on almost 40 or 30 percent of their drives. There, you can't blow them out unless they make a ton of mistakes, turn the football over, drop punts like Richie James had in Seattle. Uh, a fake kick or whatever the heck that was Jamie Gillian had the last time they played the Philadelphia Eagles, at least the first time they played the Eagles, unless they're doing stupid things and turning the ball over or giving short fields to the other team, they're not going to get run away from. I think this Giants team has a ton of confidence. Daniel Jones is playing his best football at the most opportune time, and so you have to give them a chance. The thing that scares you is that the Eagles get after the quarterback. Hassan Riddick had 16 sacks, Sweat had 11. Hargrove had 11. Brandon Graham also had 11. So if you let them pin their ears back and go after you, then the Eagles can be disruptive. But the Giants are the fourth rushing offense in the NFL. That's Saquon, and it's also Daniel Jones. It's not going to be that easy. I like the Giants to win, but even if you don't like the Giants to win, this game is not going to get away from them. Give me the Giants getting seven and a half on the road in hectic Philly.
3: That's a pretty good take. Uh, I mean it's hard to disagree with you because the Giants have proven that they can win games many different types of ways, right? When did Daniel Jones become uh uh Johnny John United <laughs> after being like after being like Uncle Rico early in his career? Like the guy has turned into like a passer in the NFL. To me this is the best running back quarterback combination game of the weekend. Both are uh, efficient runners. Hertz and Daniel Jones, and they have two of the top five running backs in the league in Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. To me, that's where this matchup is fascinating because both offenses can play the game kind of the same way. But what interests me most about the Giants is really kind of how they won last week's game. You know, we, we know what uh, the Giants uh, scheme is on defense. It's blitz, it's play a lot of man, and then blitz some more. Last time they played them, they blitz 52% of the time. When they played Minnesota last week, they played 77% zone coverage. They said, we're going to do it a different way. The last time they played Minnesota, they were in the game because they ran the ball. They threw the ball for 300 yards last week. So it's 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 the variability of, the, of their coaching staff and to make a game plan work for winning one game. And remember, it's a single elimination tournament. You only have to win one game. I kind of like the Giants to be... In this game, like you said, money line Philly hasn't looked the same to me, uh, mm-hmm. in the last month and a half. And it took when, when Jalen Hurst got injured and they had to play with a backup quarterback, the team did not seem the same, even as dominant as their defense was. They still weren't winning as comfortably as I thought they were should be winning. Now, it's true, Philly has the biggest advantage, second best defense in the league behind San Francisco. They have a great pass rush, you mentioned it, but the Giants are just winners, man. They're just winners. I tried to discount them early in the year. I can't do it anymore. I, I, I'm taking the points here for sure. And I would almost be willing to say they're going to win this game.
1: Are the New York football giants, that team of destiny, both the Barber brothers going with the giants in this one against the Eagles. I'll just quickly uh, hit on some of the points that you made guys. Uh, Jones looking great. I mean, 300 passing yards, 78 yards rushing last week. Barkley played extremely well, too, 109 yards from scrimmage, scored those two touchdowns as well. But this uh, Eagles defense, they are not the Vikings defense. This is Mm -hmm. defense on a whole new level. As you mentioned, uh, Tiki, Rondé led the NFL in sacks, and they are going to bring pressure. Uh, New York is going to have to, I think, get creative on offense again with Jones and Barkley, and that offensive line is really going to have to give Jones some time. The Eagles, what they are doing with their both offense and defense, looking very good recently, uh, but Hurts coming back. Uh, we'll have to see how he steps back in and and if he picks up where he, he left off earlier in the season. I think the Eagles will move on, but I think the Giants defensive front will keep them in this one. So I'm going to take the points with New York and uh, go agree with both of you because all the New York Giants do is cover the spread. <laughs> If you haven't signed up yet at Superbook.com, what are you waiting for? Superbook's still offering some great sign-up bonuses, including a $1,000 bonus when you sign up, make a deposit, and a wager. Check out Superbook.com. Download the app today for more details. Superbook is now live in seven states, including Iowa and Ohio. All right, guys, it's the game NFL fans were extremely excited for back in week 17. And we know the backstory that game was canceled after the unfortunate health scare surrounding DeMar Hamlin uh, when he suffered cardiac arrest on the field. Thankfully, uh, he continues to recover and it could be a very emotional pregame if he is at that stadium in Buffalo for this AFC heavyweight matchup. The number two seeded Bills, number three Bengals. Both had scares in wildcard weekend. Buffalo holding on to beat Miami 34 to 31, despite the Dolphins playing third string rookie Skylar Thompson. The Bills didn't even come close to covering that two touchdown spread. Cincinnati needed that game winning 98 yard fumble recovery early in the fourth quarter to beat Baltimore in a very game Tyler Huntley. Maybe, fellas. These two teams were looking ahead to this rematch. I don't know. the Bengals own the second best record against the spread this season at twelve and five while Buffalo is eight, eight, and one against the spread this year. opening odds according to superbook.com had Buffalo as a minus four and a half favorite. that number has climbed now to five and a half. the point total opened at fifty and a half. that is coming down to forty eight Buffalo. Minus 240 on the money line, the comeback on the Bengals, plus 200. All right, Rondé, this could have easily been the AFC championship game if, you know, the original matchup wasn't canceled and uh, Kansas City didn't get that number one seed. But let's break it down. Who gets it done in Buffalo?
3: Well, i tell you what. If you're basing it just off of last week's games, the Super Wild Card games, Neither one of these teams look like they're going to win the AFC championship. They both almost lost to backup quarterbacks in very poor fashion. Cincinnati nearly looked like they couldn't score in the second half of that game. And I know that we even talked about Baltimore's defense being much improved, yada, yada, yada. But when you have a, a, an offensive system that has three of the best receivers and, and young quarterback in the NFL not being able to move the ball, they scored one time in the fourth quarter and it was on a defensive lineman's 98-yard touchdown. That's concerning to me. And I, I look at the other side of the ball. Yes, they have a, number, a top seven offense in the league. But they don't do anything to balance that out. They don't run the football. When they drop back, he gets sacked. I mean, he had, took four sacks last week, and they lost another offensive alignment this week. It's it, This is a team that, to me, is, is hard to trust that they're going to look their best in a game where they're going to need to be their best on the road at Buffalo. And Buffalo, I mean, they're simply just – a team that self-inflicts themselves with adversity. Seven sacks last week, more turnovers by Josh Allen. Like, I don't feel good about them. I mean, I I, I should because they're still the best team around, so to speak, and expected to win, but I, I don't. And you mentioned it, Ron. They don't win games by big margins. So at the end of every game, it feels like they could lose. This is a team, really, that could have gone undefeated this year, right? The Bills, if you w- go back and watch all their games. But it's also a team that can have three more losses because of some of the, the mistakes that they've made over the year. This this type of game, to me, is going to come down to the team that makes the least number of those mistakes. And honestly, I think it's probably going to be Buffalo because it's at home, emotionally charged. You know that they're feeling this is their year, the year of destiny, the Hamlin incident, really is probably galvanizing them to believe that even more. So this game probably going to be a shootout. I hope it is. But to me, I think at five and a half, I'm taking Buffalo at home. I think they make the least amount of mistakes. They probably get some pressure on the quarterback and find a way to cover this one.
2: You know, Rondé, I want to agree with you because it felt like even in that Miami game where they were just fussing around with the Dolphins and letting them hang around, they go into halftime, tied. It's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, destroy this team. <laughs> I mean, Skylar Thompson didn't even play that well, and it was still a tight game. But what I saw was that Buffalo... When they needed to just put points on the board, they can put points on the they board. Did. You take away the mistakes, it's like, okay, there's still this great squad. I think James Cook has turned into the asset that they need him to be, and they're finally utilizing him in the right way in that platoon that they're doing with uh, Devil S- uh, Singletary. But when I walk, look at this game and I look at uh, who has the advantage, and to me it's Cincinnati only because they can get after the quarterback. We know Hendrickson and those guys. They got two guys in the secondary, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who are both, I don't call them ball hawks because they're not quite that, but they're opportunistic takers away of the football. And if Josh Allen is going to be loose with his mechanics and his, his, his consistency, then Cincinnati is the team that's going to take advantage of it. Lou Amarillo has always been that way. And I think offensively, for the Cincinnati Bengals, there are so many weapons that they can utilize. And it's, and anyone, not even talking about Joe Mixon finally getting it right. He scored some touchdowns over the last couple of weeks and has become much more of a consistent threat for the Cincinnati Bengals team. I really like where the Bengals are. I love Jamar Chase, obviously, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all those weapons that they have just makes me feel like Cincinnati, who was just here a year ago, uh, at least almost here in the, in the championship game, is going to do just enough, maybe to win it, but definitely to cover. So give me Cincinnati. I'm going to disagree with you. On the road, I know it's five and a half. It feels like it's a lot. I feel like it's too much, given how good this Bengals team has been over the last two years.
1: Great insight, guys. I love it. I look at this game, the the Bills' O is is rolling thirty four points in three straight playoff games, and I'm with you, Rondé. I think this one's going to be a shootout, and this is one of the games, uh, probably my favorite game of the weekend. But both defenses, man, they need to step up. I mean, as you mentioned, Tiki, Miami dropped thirty one points on Buffalo with a third string quarterback, and the Ravens. They racked up uh, 364 yards of total offense against Cincy with an injured backup quarterback. So uh, <laughs> defenses have to come to play. This game, to me, comes down which offensive line protects their quarterback better and which quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. I like how Joe Burrow gets that ball out quickly. I think that's going to be important with their banged-up offensive line. They could be without three starters, which is a little scary. But Josh Allen has been throwing picks galore. He's also fumbling the ball like crazy. He needs to have a clean game, and they cannot lose that turnover battle. I'm not sure that happens. Five and a half is a lot of points. I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover in a very close battle. All right, we wrap up the divisional playoffs with one of the best all-time rivalries in the NFL being renewed for a ninth playoff meeting when the number five seed Dallas Cowboys, who just snapped an eight-game playoff road losing streak, they travel to Santa Clara to face the number two-ranked San Francisco 49ers, who, despite being down at halftime last week to Seattle, reeled off 25 straight points to blow out the Seahawks. Both teams easily covered the spread as wildcard favorites. This is a rematch from last postseason, when the 49ers went into Big D and pulled off the upset. Now Dallas is looking for revenge. The 49ers riding an 11-game win streak while Dallas has won 7 of 9 and earned its first road playoff win since 1993, and they just happened to win in San Francisco. Opening odds, according to Superbook.com, the 49ers came in uh, as a minus 4-point favorites. That number has shrunk to minus 3.5. The total opened up at 46 and has remained steady. It is still at 46. Money line is close. Minus 190 for the 49ers and plus 170 for the Cowboys. All right, Tiki, one of the all-time classic NFL matchups. How does this one play up and and who gets their hand raised
2: at the end of this heavyweight showdown? God, I really wish I had some game show music for this this one. This one is so awesome to think about. So let's play the matchup game. You got that quarterback, da, da, Dallas da, da. Cowboys, Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. Who? What are you even talking about? All right, let's go to the running back, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard versus Christian McCaffrey. Who do you got? Probably going to take <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. What about the wide receivers, Ceedee Lamb? Oh, we got we got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. How about the tight end? We got George Kittle over here at San Francisco and Dalton short He scored two touchdowns last weekend. Oh, let's go to the defense, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. For the Dallas Cowboys, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Drew Greenlaw for the San Francisco 49ers. This matchup is awesome. Like when you look at the players who have been making plays all season long, almost all of these names resonate with you. Why? Because they're ballers, stone cold ballers. Nick Bosa led the league with sacks. Micah Parsons was rookie of the year last year, and he's a, he's a monster to deal with. So when I try to find the advantage, The only way I can go, not having intimate inside details of what this game plan is going to be like, is coaching. And to me, Kyle Shanahan has the edge on Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy hadn't won a playoff game until last week, since 2016. He just had a lot of inconsistencies. And it's not all his fault, but it gets saddled to him. So when I look at this matchup, despite all of the star power that is thrown out there, to me, it's going to come down to coaching. Who's going to have that play that's going to make the difference? Now, the interesting thing is, you think I'm saying the San Francisco 49ers, who I think win, but I think the Cowboys keep this one close. This feels like a field goal victory for the San Francisco 49ers. A last-minute drive that Brock Purdy, miraculously, the seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant from Iowa State, who nobody knew or cared about, who's 6-0 and and plays like he's a five-time Pro Bowler, drives them down the field, they kick the game-winning field goal. I like San Francisco to win, but to me, I think Dallas finds a way to cover. There's too many stars on their squad. That's not a bad take. <laughs> but the heavyweight,
3: the heavyweight matchup stats you threw out there is, is interesting, fascinating. It's, it makes it more interesting than just yep. a regular playoff game. Look, Dallas dominated, beat down a, a I don't know, what, I, what, do you, what do you call that, that Tampa team? You know, um, I, who I was cautious. They're your in.
1: guys. You call it
3: right. you <laughs> want. <was> Daisy <laughs> Right. I don't know what I was thinking last week. But, you know, this team will have a much more difficult time against the number one ranked defense in the league. I look at San Francisco, and I can't find a weakness. And the only one that comes to mind is the quarterback, who's third string, Mr. Irrelevant, yada, yada, yada. But everybody's expecting Purdy to fold. All he has done is answer the bell every single time game this kid threw for 18 completions in that game right three of them were touchdowns the other 15 were first downs like there's nothing that phases this guy he might be better than we think he is I'm just saying I said it last week this guy might be the coming of something that we just don't never anticipated him being he's better at standing plays so you talk about that pass rush with Dallas he can get out of the pocket he can do off-schedule stuff he has great, obviously, uh, weapons and in, in Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey. Look, Dallas didn't have to defend the run last week at all because Tampa just doesn't run or refuses to run. This week, they're going to have to deal with Christian McCaffrey in the run game. They're going to have to deal with drop back pass game and the play-action pass game off that run game. And I don't think that their defense is capable of doing it. They played 90% of cover two last week. 90. Two or two-man or... Four. That's all they played against Tampa last week. This week, if they do that, they're going to get gashed. So can Dan Quinn come up with a, a scheme or a play call that's going to make them competitive with San Francisco? I like to think so. But unless Michael Parsons is getting off, they're still very inexperienced in the secondary. Got a y- lot of young players. And I don't think that Dak, under the pressure of a San Francisco defense that only has to rush four players to get to the quarterback, will be able to go mistake-free. So I'm taking San Francisco definitely to win the football game. And I think they're going to cover as well.
1: All right. I love it. Rondé Barber going with the 49ers and Bob Barker, a.k.a. Tiki (laughs) Barber is going with the Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are the two hottest quarterbacks, I think, coming into the divisional round. But now they face off against some nasty defenses. I thought Prescott, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Rondé, played almost a flawless game against Tampa Bay last week, but he runs into a buzzsaw and arguably the best defense in the NFL with the Niners. The Dallas defense will be the toughest test yet, though, for young Purdy, who has really had not faced, in my opinion, a defense like this as a starter. They are going to bring pressure galore, and how he handles that is going to be the key to who wins in this one. I think... Prescott plays well again, silences some of those critics that have been on him. The Dallas D disrupts that San Francisco offense and Dallas covers and possibly pulls off the upset on the road. I'm going to go with Dallas in this one. Mm-hmm. Like it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the divisional playoff edition of betting with the Barbers powered by Superbook sports. Once again, thank you to all of our uh, listeners and viewers. For the support throughout the season, we ask you to take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Betting with the Barbers is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and of course, at Superbook.com. All right, guys, before we get to your final thoughts, let me just recap our picks for the divisional weekend. Rondé going with Kansas City, New York Giants, Buffalo, and San Francisco. That's three out of four favorites he's picking to cover. Tiki, you and I are on the same page this weekend. We took the same picks. Jacksonville, New York, Cincinnati, and Dallas. We're going with four underdogs, hoping those dogs keep barking this weekend.
2: (laughs) Any final thoughts before the games kick off? Look, anything can happen this week. It's the divisional round. It's not the wild card round where a team just sneaks in, Tampa Bay. This is the division round where you're supposed to be here. Sit back and enjoy it.
3: I think this weekend is awesome. The, all four of these matchups are great. And you know what's even better about these matchups? I think the average age of the starting quarterbacks in this in the, yeah. this weekend is like 25 years old. It's crazy. Like the league is in great shape with some fantastic and intriguing young quarterbacks. Put your uh, seatbelt on and bring some popcorn <laughs> and fighter uh, shades because this one's going to be awesome. This is going to be a great weekend of football.
1: Couldn't agree more, guys. I'll leave it with this as the number one seeds enter into the playoff fray Kansas City and Philly. Last year, first round buys didn't exactly help those number one seeds, as both the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers were upset in the second round of the playoffs. We could see some upset specials going down this year as well. All right, for my partners, Tiki and Ronde Barreeper, I'm Ron Cruck. Follow us on social media. Tiki Barber, at Ronde Barber, at R. Cruc, and of course, at
0: Superbook Sports. Enjoy the games, everyone. You've been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. Ten, five, Touchdown Tiki Barber! Intercepted, Ronde Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All Pro NFL stars Tiki and Ronde Barber, and featuring Ron Cruc. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Kiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up.